All right, we're back. <laughs> Episode 13, Whole Milk League Podcast. Uh, my lords, how you doing this week? I got AJ. What's popping, people? It's AJ back at it again with another podcast. Mitchell? I still don't have any kind of custom intro. I should by now, though. I've, I've been on this podcast so many times. <laughs> I thought about it for more than 10 seconds before we started doing it. Um, Fair. This week, we're going to cover Shazam, the movie review. We all just got out of seeing that. We're going to talk a little post-March Madness. Actually, we can touch on the Masters, too. Indeed. And then uh, we're going to get into Game of Thrones. Um, We finished our binge. Our watch has ended. And the first episode of Season 8 just came out. So we'll get some thoughts on that. Favorite plot points, favorite characters, least favorite characters, stuff like that. But uh, kicking it off, AJ, what did you think of Shazam? Oh, uh, I thought it was fine. Um... I like Zachary Levi. Um, I was a Chuck watcher when I was younger, and I always liked him in that show. And he kind of apes that sensibility, whereas like in Chuck, he's supposed to be just like this lovable loser that gets this superpower, but it's like a brain superpower. Whereas this one, it's like a physical superpower. Uh, I think when it's being light and goofy, it's at its best, and it's at its worst when it's explaining the backstory of the villain. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, you know, I I laughed a couple times. It's it does it for surprisingly for a DCEU movie, it doesn't suck. So <laughs> I haven't I I haven't seen basically any of them, but of the couple that I've seen, that one and Wonder Woman are the ones that don't suck to me. So. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much to say. I, I, it's, I literally, I've seen 18 movies. It's at nine right now. It's literally right down the middle. <laughs> I just thought it was fine. Mitchell, what are your thoughts? Uh, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, I don't know, it's more of a guilty pleasure kind of movie. It's, it's something you kind of laugh at and with at the same time. It's got a lot of, it, it is a very fun, bright movie. I think like a lot of successful DC movies, it does really well in maybe half the movie. The rest of the movie is kind of filler and it makes makes the rest of the movie that you liked kind of die down a little bit. I did enjoy it. It, it is a good comedy. It's a little campy. If you if you like that kind of lighthearted superhero movie, it is, it is pretty good though. I, I enjoyed myself. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I, it is at its best when it's being lighthearted. Um, to me, the standout was when he was testing all his powers. Yeah, easily. Uh, really cracked me up. Uh, his, I don't know. I don't know what the crippled brother's name was, but he, I liked him. Freddie Freeman, played by Jack Dylan Grazer. A good child performance. I thought of the kid that played Billy Batson. His name's Asher Angel. I thought he was actually kind of bad. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's always tough with any character when they can just kind of tell you to be moody or something like that. Yeah. So... I don't know. I have no qualms with him, but yeah. um, he, he did kind of seem like a, a background character. But I think that was kind of what was supposed to be his character. It, it kind of felt more like an avatar character, like a put yourself in this position. You get these crazy superpowers. Here's here's what the world's like, kind yeah. of thing. I think uh, Zachary Levi did good acting like a fourteen year old, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought I thought it was bizarre the. Uh, the, the creatures in the movie are the seven deadly sins, and I thought their CGI looked like a TV budget CGI. Yeah. But I thought all the flying and fighting looked pretty good, and like kind of scary for like a 
kids. That was my other thing. The death, the doctor at the beginning, when she like burns to death slowly. Yeah. Someone gets tossed out a window. Someone gets their head eaten. Um, the creatures were kind of creepy, and that was balanced against like a six-year-old with superpowers yeah. and like. <laughs> It's it's strange for the DC that it had some probably its darkest and lightest moments. So mm-hmm. sure, I appreciated going to that dark side, but again, I don't I don't know if that was in its best interest. Yeah, but well, and also like I like the family stuff, but I kind of feel like at the end it's like he realizes that because his mom was kind of shitty towards him, then that makes him realize like that his family that he has is like his real family and it makes him care about him but he doesn't really care about his family more he just cares about his mom less well i think i, was, I think his one friend and i can't remember his Freddy. name Freddie. yeah again this is not an indictment on the movie i thought his character was kind of fun i, I think their relationship you could kind of say okay this guy i consider my brother sure and i think there was that one little sister you could kind of see there's some kind of bond there i think the other three relationships, it kind of got shoved in, and it, it almost seems like maybe they edited some of the scenes out in post just to try and Which bring the I movie. Mean, God, it's long enough as it is. I couldn't <laughs> even imagine. Long final fight scene. I think with the family thing, the reason he kept running away was he kept looking for his mom. He just yeah. never stopped to think, "This is my home." So it wasn't. I think. I think I was. I was surprised by how cold they made his mom when they found her. Um, yeah, that was. I mean, I appreciate the dark touch there too. I mean, yeah, I, I don't mind those moments. It does seem like a lot of that, a lot of the relationships that Billy Batson is supposed to have, kind of got rushed. And I, I feel like I want to throw that more on the studio than anything else because it, it seems like there was probably something more to his relationship with the family. Uh, maybe play up his his relationship with his mom somehow in a different. Angle, I, I don't know. It, they, it feels less like a choice and more like something just was left out they somewhere. They tried to make the bad guy... They tried to give him a backstory, which I appreciate. But honestly, for the first movie, if you just give... If you just say, here's a guy with superpowers, he's bad. And you cut... You give more time to the family, then maybe it turns out better. Yeah, he's got two yeah. different colored eyes. He's got a scratch on his eye. I mean, that's all you need. He's, he's evil. Guy. He's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if like, I don't know. What, why do you think that that... Because I think that's a pretty interesting point that you made. Do you think that DC kind of views this as their Captain Marvel, so they wanted to release it around the same time? Well, because I, 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 I've heard that in the comics they kind of treat it like it used to. Captain Marvel and Shazam used to kind of be interchangeable until DC finally bought the rights to it. Is what I heard. Sort of. Yeah. So Shazam or Captain Marvel, as he used to be called, was I think DC's biggest property before Superman and Batman. No, took what, ha- out. what happened was there's a third. And I forget the name. There's a third comic publisher. They had this... Dark Horse? No, no, no. They're they're gone. They had this guy who was basically Superman. DC said, you can't do that. They won the rights to him. They said, like, that's basically Superman. They sued him, got him, named him Captain Marvel, threw him to the side because they had Superman. And then the naming rights lapsed. So then Marvel grabbed the Captain Marvel name and tossed it on... Carol Danvers. Okay. <laughs> I believe that's what happened. <laughs> but yeah, whereas his name was Captain Marvel first, I guess is what. Yeah, and, and I mean, I just think that that's kind of interesting if, if that was the reason for them kind of rushing this to release it around the same time as Captain Marvel. I think that 
the best MCU analog is Spider-Man Homecoming hmm. with like the kid stuff. And that's where it just hits home for me is Tom Holland is like eons better an actor than that one little kid is. So like so even if he's like being a little shit, which both of them kind of are in each movie, Tom Holland just has so much charisma that it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I th- I think to that point though, I I, th- I believe and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this, I believe the actors on Shazam were actually a lot younger. Tom Holland is Twenty one or two. Sure, yeah. So like he's gotten a little bit more experience. He's got a bit more acting experience. That was a movie where all the kids looked their age. Yeah, I guess uh Asher Angel was born in two thousand two, so yeah, so this year he's seventeen, so well during filming probably was fifteen or sixteen. So that makes a little bit more sense. And also, um something that I learned just in listening to some other podcasts uh in between the time that we saw it. So Shazam is supposed to be this acronym. Like the the wizard says it at the very beginning of all the, the six S H A. Wisdom of Solomon, no, just didn't have it. <laughs> uh, also, also supposed to have Wait. the courage of Achilles. No, no, I think I'm. No, yeah. He's it's supposed a, to have all six. He's supposed to have all six. Yeah. Well, I'm, well I th- I'm wondering if the whole family got one of each. Because that girl well, really I mean, fast. He, even, had, even at the beginning, that's what he's he supposed to. Yeah, he splits them amongst them. Oh, okay. So he's supposed to have them all. The, gotcha, the gotcha, gotcha. So. Yeah, because then I assume his oldest sister got this wisdom and yeah. that yeah. the Mexican turned super buff. and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they all get one of his powers. It's it, it's a cool little family scene, but yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, some of them, the, the Hercules one, the Zeus one, he's got the lightning or whatever, but the two two out of the six didn't track, so. Like what was the other one that didn't come across? Courage of Achilles. Courage, okay. Which, yeah. I mean, it's tough to tell. Maybe that was his brains. Every time he turned into a kid to run, it was always a good idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, pretty uh, enjoyable movie. I don't like. It was somewhat fun. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it a lot. You know, I'm trying to give a I critical think, yeah. opinion. If I were just to sit here and say. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Go see it. I guess that doesn't really make for much of a podcast. So I, I tried to expand on my thoughts. I, I do enjoy it, and I, I do think that if you just enjoy seeing like whimsical, campy action stuff, you, you're going to enjoy it. It's like, Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a lot of the MCU films for me in that there's a high floor and a low ceiling. Like, no matter what, you're probably going to at least have a decent time with it, but it can only be so good, at least in my eyes. Like, well, no, I think yeah. Captain Marvel's much, a much better movie. Well, I just meant you won't feel like you're, you wasted your time. If you no, yeah. you, might, yeah. you might have felt like it was like a half hour too long, maybe, like I did. Yeah. But Because it's, it's more of like a, it, I mean, there is some action in it, but it's mostly just like a straight up comedy, kind of. For sure. large parts for, of for, and, and that's also the, the better parts of the movie. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it was, I mean, it's fine. It's a nice little... Uh, you get a little superhero taste if you're already, um, if you've already kind of put Captain Marvel in the rearview mirror and you're looking towards Endgame. Well, that Endgame itch, I'm sure, is getting a lot of people. Oh, yeah, sure. So that's, yeah, I mean, wondering, that's where I'm thinking. I'm wondering how this will do numbers-wise coming out in between the two of them. I heard, it's, it's, okay. I heard it's done pretty well. Yeah, so okay. It did poorly compared to a lot of other similar uh, budget um, superhero films. Yeah. But it it did well enough that it's making money. It's got a sequel it's, listed. It, people like critics really liked it, so it's got momentum. Yeah, it was like over, it was like around ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, like yeah. basically when it came out. So I think it's going to do pretty well overall. We'll, we'll see though. Um, it's, it's apparently, like, China doesn't like magic though, so maybe yeah, I heard that's going to maybe be a point of contention. All the magic shit is so weird. Yeah, 
character. Well, I mean, I guess it is part of the character. Was it, was it really magic, though? That, that and the Seven Deadly Sins kind of confused me a little yeah. bit. There's a ton more backstory, I assume. Also, I know a lot of, of comic book stuff. Um, the Caterpillar, completely, I had no idea. They showed it twice. And so, when they're walking through the cave, I assume it's like... Um, the Collector, or like in Thor, where you're like, okay, all of this is an Easter Major egg. Major spoilers, by the way. Anyway. I mean, we're, we're reviewing it. <laughs> well, sure, but I feel like this is kind of like ancillary to the movie itself. It's like a, a big a big thing for no one. On if they try I, none it. of our 14 listeners will know what this is talking about. DB cares. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so... There's a there's a cat. They show a caterpillar in a cage. They show that the caterpillar has left the cage, and then the caterpillar shows up at the end of the movie with a robotic voice uh, box and a super evil speech. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> but I appreciate that they are just going into the comic booky camp area versus having Bruce Wayne yelling about Martha Wayne and stuff like that. I, it's yeah, more, hopefully they ditch the brooding villain stuff in the sequel. It's just like all all the stuff about him. Wondering why his dad Zachary Levi was chosen yeah. by like the wizard or whatever. It's like who cares? Like, yeah, he did, he just did because he had to. Uh, it's actually made a decent amount of money. So the budget was a hundred mil as pro standard DC Marvel movie. Um, made fifty three just domestic mil in its opening weekend, and it actually had a pretty uh, good multiplier. It made I think so. It's at ninety four total. So it made so forty one, which is a pretty. Pretty slight drop for a second weekend for a superhero. Good word of mouth. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it, it's gonna blast through its budget this weekend, and I'm sure it's done okay overseas. It's probably not gonna do as well as a prototypical Marvel film would, but yeah, even still, I mean, they've got DC's got a little momentum coming through uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. A lot of people liked it, so a lot of people did like it, like me. So next, move on over to some uh, per the creation of the podcast. The original intention of the podcast, I guess you should say. Uh, March Madness wrapped up last week. Uh, Mitchell and I both had pretty successful brackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thoughts on the tournament, guys? I, I was, I, I didn't really care. I guess I was bummed to stop watching Zion play, even though watching everybody's brackets burn was kind of enjoyable. Oh, I love watching the world burn. <laughs> I, I couldn't care less about Zion. We're going to see him for years in the NBA. He's going to be great. I am just happy that. I got to see a lot of people break down in the group me. That was wonderful. <laughs> a lot of broken brackets. A lot of brackets with Duke, and I just kept counting them as they went by, as they just kind of fell to the wayside, as I got closer to my $70. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, the games at the end were pretty good, but for the large part, I thought it was pretty lame. I mean, there weren't a whole lot of upsets. There That's were. what I live for. Yeah. But at least tight games. Um, yeah, but I mean, I want to I, I see... I want to learn about a team that I know nothing about. Yeah, like I, you know, I'm I'm tired of seeing all these, you know, the top four seeds go through to the Sweet Sixteen. Like that's just so boring. To me. That's what makes for a good bracket for me. I always chalk it up. This year, finally paid off. <laughs> um, trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. I locked up second when Virginia beat Auburn, so those were some tense free throws for me. I locked up second in two brackets on that. So that was my only rooting interest of the tournament. Ohio State looked good. I'm excited for their fr- freshman class coming in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the, the, not a lot of people picked them to beat uh, Iowa State. So yeah, that was a good one. Big Ten showed up strong for the tournament. Yeah, and at least to kick it off, that was nice. Yeah, strangely enough, too, 
I didn't. I talked about there not being a lot of upsets. I think the only double digit seed in the Sweet 16 was Oregon, who beat Wisconsin in the first yeah. game. Mm-hmm. They were kind of the only Big Ten team to really falter in a big way. Uh, I think they were the only Big Ten team to lose in the first round. Am I right? Possible. They were. Yes. Yeah. Um, there was a big thing about that. It, at least on Reddit, I was I was going through a bunch of stuff because they, for some reason, Reddit's really good about finding like weird little tidbits out. Reddit's awesome. Yeah. Um. Maryland almost was really the biggest run of the tournament. They damn near had Louisville. I guess, well, who was the team that alley-ooped? UCF almost had Duke. No, Minnesota beat Louisville. Yeah. Oh, I'm not Louisville. Sorry, LSU. Maryland almost had LSU. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, But they almost also lost in the first round, too. That was a pretty interesting part of the bracket. Oh, Belmont just threw it away. God. Crashing my heart. Yeah. (laughs) Martyr member and all of that. AJ placed lots of upsets, and it did not pan out. UC Irvine, that was a pretty good upset in the first round. Yeah. And we did talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I mean, well, yeah well, we both on the podcast said that we picked UC Irvine. Yeah. I did not. I picked top seeds and Big Ten teams. And it paid off nicely with whatever team beat UC. I don't know which team it was. Iowa. I'm going to rub it in. <laughs> you know what? It's fine. I had to sacrifice I loved in order to win $70. How do you feel about getting rid of Mick? I have mixed feelings about it. Obviously, they didn't fire him, and so I, I think it's probably the best ending that could have happened. Well, There's a lot of people in the in UC's fan base, and honestly, rightfully so, they're very perturbed about how poorly he's done in the tournament. This is a team, or this is a program anyway, that's been to the tournament nine times with one... Straight times. Straight times. With only one Sweet, sweet 16 to show for it, and they've only been highly seeded once. So it's not like it's ever really a surprise, but at some point you got to break through. So I think a lot of people are starting to get mad, and so I think him moving on to a new job is the best thing for UC. And I actually think UCLA gets a really good coach in the process. Um, actually, recently um, UC hired a new coach too, so we can talk about that a little bit. I don't know if you guys I don't know anything about it. Uh, Brandon King of the Norse. King of the Norse. <laughs> UC is now officially the new NKU Norse. We uh, we had their home court for a little bit. Now we got their head coach. The Norse of the North. Exactly. We just we stole their identity. We're, we're the faceless men who stole the uh, the Norse's identity. I just to me, UC at some point you've got to accept what you are. You're not in the Big East. So you're not getting this. You're not getting the same level of attention and competition that some of the other programs are getting. Uh, nine straight tournament appearances is excellent. Oh, it's wonderful. You've run into some good teams like Nevada last year. Uh, well, and we can talk about that more if you really want to. No, but I just... The whole thing there, I think, is is people that only really watch the tournament think, oh, he can't make adjustments because of that game. Like, they, they were up 20 with seven minutes left. And that's a, that's a freak game. No, I, I'm sitting here saying, I mean, he won 30 games last year, didn't he? Oh, yeah, no, he won and more than 30. I saw way more hate for him than I saw support. And to me, it doesn't make sense. Like, if I'm, yeah. you know, I wish I had that level of stability if I'm an Ohio State fan, so. Yeah, no. I, it's, it, to me, it felt like he got run out of town. They said UC lowballed him on an offer last, or asked him to take a pay cut last year. Fans were not amused. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, well, it's hard when you've, you've been there for 13 years. And I, I think a lot of it just has to, it comes down to what Cincinnati, Cincinnati is as a city. We've got the Bengals, the Reds, and we've got University of Cincinnati. Xavier is kind of their own thing. I mean, they have they obviously have a good amount of support in Cincinnati, but I think 
their support is a bit more wide reaching and not as much in the literal city of Cincinnati. Um, I, I think it's, it's an interesting situation. You saw Marvin Lewis, he wasn't having any success in the pro in his job either. I think people kind of equated Mick Cronin to that. Yeah, almost. Cause like they were both, they both had regular season success and I think it's such a different situation, but people just saw those similarities, and I think that, plus the continued... I don't even really know what to call it, but there's this Bob Huggins sect, and obviously I love Bob Huggins. He's one of the best coaches in UC's history, if not the best. Um, but there's a lot of people just kind of holding on to that memory. I think they want that same level of success. So I, I don't know. It's, it's confusing. I love Mick Cronin. I wish him the best. I would have been happy if he stayed here for... For a long time, but I think yeah. I think he was a douchebag. All his comments about Ohio State, I'm not a fan of. But I just didn't think he deserved to be. I felt like he was run out of town, which I didn't think he deserved that either. With all so. that success, it didn't make that much sense. But tournament is what people focus yeah. on. So, um, kind of got sidetracked, but oh no, that's fine. I mean, there's not what a one seed won the tournament. Like, there's not a ton to talk about there. You know, that's, well. They lost to a 16 seed the year before. It looked like they I'd, were about to lose to a 16 seed this year. Yeah, I'd rather surprise the bitches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was it? So it was a one, a two, a three, and a five. Yeah. Okay. Which is kind of a diverse. A five, I mean. Well, as as far as Final Fours go, like we had some pretty good upsets to get there, but it just a lot of the earlier rounds we didn't have any anything. Yeah. Okay. I think Auburn was one of the few like. Upsets when they played Kansas State, missing their best player. Well, and also Auburn played Kansas State. Kansas State was already gone. Oh well, sorry, you're right. Kansas State was missing their best player. Yeah, as a four seed, got bounced, and then Auburn ran into gotcha, whatever. Well, and Auburn was the only five seed to get out of the first round. So, oh, that's true. Yeah, they made it to the final four. Also, I talked up seven seeds like crazy, and then. Almost all of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty yeah, ten seeds did well. I think nine seeds also did very well. Yeah. Or at least UCF represented them well. I can't say I yeah. cared for any of the other Oklahoma teams. beat the shit out of some SEC team they're playing now. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. Ole Miss. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, um, the other sports talk on the other end of the sports spectrum, golf, uh, Masters this weekend. Tiger made his triumphant return. Um, it's the first time I've watched four. I, I watched four or five hours of it Sunday. It's the most majors I've watched in a couple of years. Uh, personally, I think Tiger back on top. I think he's I was he's the most bulletproof personality I've ever seen in sports. Dude, you know, had a cocktail of drugs in him, driving a car, cheated on his wife. Like, is just kind of a general asshole to everybody, and. Uh, Every time he goes out there, everybody wants him to win. So uh, it was cool seeing him win after 11 years. I think it was 15 years on the Masters, 11 on the Majors. Um, and he came from behind, which isn't really what he's known for. But yeah. Sunday Tiger was out there in classic form. Everybody was shitting their pants on the 12th. <laughs> they hit it. You didn't, AJ, you said you didn't watch it. Yeah, I was watching this in like. Person, <laughs> oh, person after person got up there. It's, it's a par three. They just aim straight for the hole and hit it in the water over and over. <laughs> and then Tiger gets up there and just hits it to the other end of the green, which is sheltered from the water, and two putts. 
It's like, <laughs> oh, wow, what a great idea, Tiger. Way to figure that one out. I don't know what people were thinking. Yeah, I heard uh, Molinari hit in the water on 12 and 15. Yes, he did. Right? <laughs> Molinari wasn't striking the ball at all. Yeah, He day. looked shaken. Like, there, he looked, he had the look of Bran sitting in his wheelchair. Like, like knowing Tiger was in his group coming for him, he just had this, these big bulbous eyes, and he just kept hitting it. <laughs> Off the trees into the water. I told, like, my, my dad and I were watching on Saturday, like towards the end of it, and he put it in for a birdie on seventeen or whatever. And my dad was like, "That's your look at your next Masters champion." I'm like, "He shot like a 66." I was like, "There's no way he's going to shoot that well again." But I, I mean, I didn't think he would shoot two over par. I mean, but yeah, Sunday, but. he he was actually putting pretty well, and like he he had a short game down. He was recovering a lot. But his his irons and his drives were all over the place. Even even before he was into bogey holes, he just he did not look quite right. He didn't didn't look at all like he was the uh, the previous day. Yeah. So I, I think you kind of see it as soon as he started teeing off. I'm not a big Tiger guy. My favorite golf event is the Ryder Cup. Yeah. So which on which I'm full USA on. So like obviously I mean I'll take Tiger over any of the golfers that golf for the the other team on the Ryder Cup. Sure. Rory, Justin Rose, you know, whatever, all those guys. So I'll I'll root for Tiger as an American over those other guys, but I'd rather see like other people win it. Like I love Kepka and Kepka like missed the putt that would have made it real interesting at the end. Yeah, um, Tiger would have changed up his approach. He was he, he was playing it safe, but if Kepka makes that putt and Tiger has to par eighteen, which is not an easy hole. Yeah, it's a tough hole, um, especially with his, his drive that wasn't too great. That was one impressive thing, though, about Tiger. Is, I mean, his front nine wasn't as good, but the back nine, he was just roping them down the fairway, which is usually what he struggles with. Yeah, well, at least recently. Mm-hmm. But, yep, golf. Sure plenty of you it's skipped. A sport. Sure plenty of you skipped over that, Sam. Clean, so high. Moving into Game of Thrones talk, uh, right now we've got up the odds of who survives this. No, is this takes the throne? This is, yeah, odds yeah, to yeah. rule Westeros. Yeah, odds to rule Westeros. Uh, Bran Stark leads the pack, strangely. Um, he became an overnight meme of sitting, <laughs> staring at people. Oddly, so they Best left him the out overnight waiting for Jamie to show up, so that was great. <laughs> Who knows how long he was sitting out there. <laughs> um, I did like all the, quickly, just the mirrors between Season 1, Episode 1, Season 8, Episode 1. You had a kid climbing a tree, you had Bran and Jamie, and some, uh, you had the... the the queen and her army coming to Winterfell, the king and her army coming to Winterfell. There's a lot of nice uh, callbacks earlier season. Coolest one being uh, Ned saying, next time we meet, I'll tell you about your mother. And he's standing in front of the Ned statue when Sam comes down and tells him about his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that little one. And you can actually, and I haven't rewatched it, but apparently Le- you can see Lyanna's statue over his shoulder too the whole time. So there's just some little some stuff. Um but as far as ruling, uh, Bran Stark's almost even money, which I just don't get, honestly. It would be smart. If they made him the ruler, if he knows yeah. everything, yeah. But dude's a weirdo. Uh, he has no legitimate claim to the throne. He has no legitimate... Not yet. But if John dies, and Sansa dies, and... Well, no. Does he get it after John, or does Sansa get it after John? Everybody would pick Sansa. Yeah. They'd support her. It doesn't matter at this point. All hell has broken loose, broken loose. So like, anyone could. 
claim the throne. I don't think... Okay, if Bran were to take the throne, how would it happen? Though? Like, Did he just throw Jon's heritage out there to like put a divide between Caution. him and uh, Daenerys? Like, is that is that his whole strategy? Maybe uh, he does have all these emotions. He's well, trying to. No, see, I was think I think he's he doesn't care. He literally doesn't care about anything anymore. He just wants them to beat the White Walkers. So I think he's manipulating it however he needs to, and he doesn't really care who lives and dies. Yeah, and I, I think that even like one of the things is like if John, if they do beat the White Walkers and he stays in Winterfell and is the King of the North, and he's just like Bran, you know, he could do it. <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> because I mean, he's just like John. Just wants the right thing to be done. Yeah, and who would do the right thing more often than a man who's seen everything? I think that was one of the best lines of the episode. It made me feel really good about hating Daenerys for so long. Is um, Sam? It's, I believe Sam or Arya says, um, "You gave up the throne for the good of the pe- your throne for the good of the people." Can you say she'd do the same? And I don't think she would at all. I think she's hell bent on becoming queen. Um, I think she's going to be pissed when she finds out that John is uh, the rightful king now. Um, and I think she has a touch of the Mad King in her. She's burning Tarleys and stuff. and so. Well, that's starting to come... Like, some of her actions are starting to come bite her in the, the butt. So, yeah. like, we've seen... We always see signs of a character's demise before it happens. I... Th- oh... John and Daenerys already have some warning signs. John's getting some hubris, and Daenerys is... The only thing that'll take John now is his honor. Exactly. Like Ned. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I don't know. No one's out for John yet. Well, the White Walkers will be out for John. Yes, the White Walkers are definitely out for John. I don't think the White Walkers take down John. I don't think... I think... Well, no. I think the White Walkers take down a bunch of minor characters... Um, maybe one major character threatens, but no oh, one. Say at least one. But no one that's going for the throne gets taken out by a White Walker. Oh, can we get odds on this? <laughs> we have. I would have bet this. No, this is this is totally different. I don't think John, Daenerys, Cersei. I guess, I guess it depends on who you count as having a legitimate claim to the throne. John, Daenerys, Cersei would be the first three, I guess. Gendry. Gendry. Oh, yeah. man, that'd be a bad mare. I like he's, him. He's 7 to 1. What are the odds on him marrying Arya? Because I think that could happen. Well, that'd be kind of weird. I mean, it's, it's happening, right? Baratheon and a Stark. That was the promise. I just, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm sure in the book or whatever, they're supposed to be a much closer in age, but they don't look that close. I think the no, problem is that Maisie he Williams looks pretty young. Maisie still looks young, and he aged. <laughs> like. <Yeah. laughs> Like his his hairline's going full LeBron mode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, better than Tiger mode, man. That dude looks like an alien with his hat off. He has a receding hairline, but it's also it's receding from two ways. It's like Germany in the war. It's getting pushed hard, man. Um, so, if you guys had to pick, like, who's your value pick in all of this? Cersei Lannister. Twelve to one. Cersei's a good value pick, and also the Night King at eleven to one. Well, those are the two I was looking at. Obviously, you're not picking Bran for value. No, Um, not even John for value, or even a child of Jon Snow, which we don't even know what the fuck that is at three to one. Uh, I'd pick Daenerys over a child of Jon Snow. I would take Cersei if I'm looking at that twelve to one on Cersei. Yeah, twelve to one on Cersei is great. Eleven to one on the Night King is great. Yeah, she's very well isolated down in King's Landing right now. I yeah. do. I like that was another thing from last night that I liked is almost everything's in Winterfell, so they can just tell that story. She's chilling down in King's Landing. 
I almost think, I'm curious to see, she's so far away and separate with the Golden Army, and Euron, and herself, that they almost might resolve the Night King before they resolve Cersei. Yeah, I see that. So, well, it is a Game of Thrones, not a Game of White Walkers. So well, they, right now it's a Game of Survival. Right, right. So Then we resume the Game of Thrones. <laughs> Many games at once. The Great War. Uh, but yeah, so... I'm surprised that characters like Euron aren't here at all. Like, we've got the, the Children of the Forest on here, but yeah, we don't have... Really? Yeah, Aren't they all dead? Oh, that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, Sam Samuel Tarly at 10 to 1, too, is a bad value. Yeah. Yeah. At, uh, just, I mean, not not in his individual right, but based on the other odds of the people around him. You like, have to take Cersei over him. And we yeah, were, or the Night King, or Arya, even. We were looking at, at Baelish, too. Like, there are some characters that probably aren't making the throne that have, have odds. I wish Jack and Hagar was on here like 80 to 1 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he just like, it's someone who... I like, was Cersei the, the whole time! <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate Mission Impossible moment. Drogon takes his mask off yeah. it's just Jack and... Dude, the dragon battle is going to be... I'm assuming that the two living dragons are going to fight the undead dragon at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty sweet. It's going to be the Night King riding a dragon versus two other dragons. Yeah, Daenerys riding one John, dragon, yeah. and John riding the other dragon. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be sweet. Yeah. Um, but overall, you know, we're caught up now. Um, what some of your guys, we'll start with highlight characters and least favorite characters. What do you guys have, feel on that? Do you have anything off the top of your head, Mitchell, while I'm pulling up my note? I mean,. I, I like a lot of characters. I enjoy hating a number of characters too. I, I think there are some some decently well written villains. Um, I don't actually have a list. You, you seem to have something written down. I made a list. Just a couple like quick highlights. I enjoy Arya. I, I just think she's that, my number three. Yeah, I, I think her storyline's fun, even if some of it's one, not think. great. Really. I think so. He he put a list on Twitter. I have to look at it now. He told me. Well, I thought he, that was the hottest girl list. No, but he put he has two. He he referenced it, his old. Oh, okay. T- top ten character list. Uh, he told me not to look at it until I was done watching the show. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. So maybe not my my favorite character to root for, but I, I do enjoy Cersei. I think she drives a lot of the plot, and I think she makes a lot of scenes more interesting. Yeah. Even if I don't actually like her. Yeah, um, she's my six. She becomes like a, she starts as like kind of like a one note villain, and then becomes a lot more complex of a character as the show goes on. Yeah, which that's that's what I liked a lot. Yeah, no, I, I appreciated that. Yeah, I think yeah. you see what she's going for, and you see her just go. She she's driven mad by the end, and it, it's sure. it's very interesting to watch. But yeah, she, she's like. I admire, I mean, obviously she's ruthless, but she's ruthless to the point where she won't compromise on two things, her family and her claim to the throne. Yeah, no, like, she has very Literally, she'll goals. give up anything else, which I think is pretty sweet. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm a big Cersei fan. I think people hate her pretty often because she's bad, but that doesn't make her a bad character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I forget the actor who did Joffrey. He pretty much Jack retired. Jason. Yeah, he pretty much retired and went back to school, but he killed it with that character. Like, people hate that dude. Oh, like, he's, he, he he's in my honorable mention. Yeah, I mean, he's in my honorable mentions just because he's so fun to hate, but, like, he's such a, like, cartoonish villain. Yeah, he but is. he, like, 
I don't know. He just sells it. Like, he owns oh, being, like, yeah, it's sneeringly evil. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then, um, oh, I'm blanking again. But I, I do like Littlefinger. I think he's a, a fun character, too. Mm-hmm. I, I think he incorporates a lot of the most entertaining parts of Game, Game of Thrones. I disliked him more on the rewatch. Like, I didn't hate him originally, because, like, some of his conniving is kind of fun. But he is—he gets a lot of people killed on the rewatch. Like he is responsible for so much shit. Yeah, him and Varys in the first couple seasons, every interaction they have is always like one of my favorites. Yeah, or if Tyr like Tyrion and Varys is always great too. That was another thing. There's two sides of the same coin in a lot of ways. Varys and Littlefinger. Yeah, they they do a lot of scheming behind the scenes. They have their own interests. But they end up kind of going in a different yeah. direction. Yeah, and that's well, what I, didn't I mean, realized yeah. was I thought Varys was shadier at the start than Littlefinger. But Littlefinger was in it for himself, and Varys, I believe, is in it for the good of the kingdom. Yeah, he just thinks that the Targaryens have a more legitimate claim to the throne. I think. Well, he just he wants. Or a he supports role. the Targaryen claim. To the he throne. likes Danny. Yeah, that's absolutely. what. It, yeah. Um, but I appreciate, and that's why you know he he did what he could to help Ned, but he's like, I can't stick my neck out for you here. But he also was behind the scenes trying to get the Lannisters out of power. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I liked his character. Um, obviously, the other I, head honcho bad guy is Ramsay Bolton. Yeah. Um, he's not as fun to hate as Joffrey was. Yeah, he he takes the show in a dark place. I, I think his actor did a pretty good job. Like he's very creepy. I think he goes the correct direction with the character, but it. It's such a a tough character to watch because everything he does is so despicable. I I, th- I think it's easier to play too, though. Sure. I, I I think what Jack Gleason's doing with Joffrey is a little bit more different. Like the the one where I really started to be like, what the fuck is going on? Is when Tyrion buys in the prostitutes. Yeah. And like he'd rather like he's just this dude's not motivated by sex. He's not motivated by money. He's just motivated by bloodlust power. Yeah. And like whereas like I mean Ramsey like kind of is the same way, but he's just like I don't know. He's a little bit more He was just a straight I think there he was a sadist. Like he when he kills yeah. uh Rose or whatever with the bows and arrows. Like he enjoys pain. Yeah. Recon. He gets that. off on pain versus Ramsey likes causing I don't even know how to describe the difference. Yeah. Yeah. He he got off on what, the pain. Ramsey got off on the misery, if that makes sense. Of, <laughs> yeah. Well it feels like Joffrey almost liked having the power to cause the pain. Whereas yeah. it seemed like Ramsey just didn't give wanted shit. power so that he could cause pain. Yeah. Yeah. I get it, yeah. Um but I think, and apparently in the, I guess the books are setting up Euron to be more of the big bad of the third act. If you look at it as, as um, oh, fuck, who's Jack Leeson now? I'm blanking, but. Joffrey. Yeah, it's Joffrey, uh, then it's Ramsay. Apparently the books have it more being Euron in the third part, and I guess the the shows combined a couple characters into him. Okay. Um, from the Iron Islands. But I don't think he has the same. He's he kind of cracks me up, but I don't think he has the same intimidating big bad. I yeah. think it's more of a Cersei role in the third act. Yeah. Um, what well, about? And uh, I think we also have the Night King, and, yeah. and we we could talk about. I, there are some theories that oh he's actually the good guy and stuff like that. He's uniting is, everybody. <laughs> he, he is uniting everyone. 
But um, I, I think he's kind of being played up as a big bad as well. I think we're getting just multiple angles of evil in this particular season. I don't think it's as focused as it is in some other seasons. Yeah. Because I, I think it's I think it's safe to say that even though Daenerys, a lot of people like her to win the throne and that maybe she is also a potential main character, I think the focus has mainly been on the Starks as kind of the quote-unquote good guys. Um, there hasn't been a bad Stark yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sansa's kind of complicated because I feel like they want us to hate her at the beginning. Sansa and Arya have darker turns than most of the other Starks. Sansa's interesting because she's almost the Cersei of the North. Like, she is very cold and calculated. Much more like Cersei than Cat. And now they're saying she's dressed, like, she's starting to dress like her. Um, But I. More wine. Yeah. (laughs) But even, like, Tyrion mentions that, you know. About just about that, the fact that she survived, but she survived Joffrey, she survived Ramsay. Like, there's yeah. something to her character to that that she made it out, she lived through all the worst of the show, yeah, which is impressive. That's true. Um, what about characters you guys do like? Oh, uh, these are characters I, I well, I mean, I'm sorry, we were talking about bad guys, but what do you guys think of some of your favorite, some of the good guys? What are your thoughts? Some of the people I really like rooting yeah. for, I mean, I was rooting for John. But uh, there are things about his character that are just so kind of cliched that it, it's kind of getting to the point where it's played out for me, and it, it's kind of turning over. <laughs> I, he's still one of my one of the characters I enjoy watching the most because I think a lot happens with him and around him. Yeah. But he's kind of fallen back on my list. Like if you'd asked me a couple of seasons before this, like before he quote unquote died, um, I think he would have been higher on my list. So what's fallen away for you? I I think he's just kind of starting to be this. He's just overly he's just a noble person, man, right? Yeah, and there's some nuance to it, and I think we saw more of that early on. And I think recently it's just okay. This is generic good guy. Let's see what happens. With he him. is, but I think I like it because he is the only person in the show that's like that. I completely. I was just gonna say that. Like, is, he, is that st- he knows yeah. that he's putting his neck on the line every time that he stands by his, who he is. Yeah. Um, Normally, it's easy to be the person that always wants to do the right thing, but in the Game of Thrones world, that's completely backwards. Yeah. Within the last episode or two, he he said, "I know this got my father killed." I'm sticking to it. Like, yeah, so, and it's so not I, that I, I hate his character, because I, I, I'm bringing him up because I do still root for him, and I do still like his character. I, it's just, especially this last episode, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's my number four on my list, so I still love him. And the ones we haven't really talked about is my trio of knights that I have, eight, nine, and ten, which is... Oh, yes. Bron, I forgot. Bron, Davos, and Jorah. Oh, no Brienne. Oh, see, those are different <laughs> three knights that I have. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I, Brienne is a little bit more of what you were saying with John with the oaths and stuff. I but but I think because she's not a focus, it hasn't started grading on me yet. <laughs> I, I think that's... I think maybe that's the problem with John. I've seen so much of John, and I, I just... I still enjoy him. Clearly, I still enjoy him, but he's starting to wear wear me down a little bit. Well, and, and I, I'm I think this is funny because I feel the exact same way about Brand because we don't see her a lot, but every yeah. time it's like 
it's gonna be something about her honor. She has to. Appeal. I think it's gotten cartoonish to the point where it's just kind of fun. It's just, well, yeah, I, just I'm, I think she dies. She's served her purpose completely. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't um, think she's really a contender for that. But I would though. love to see Tormund and her end up married with ten bear bear children. He's a fun character too. That's tor- HBO's next spinoff. Tormund's great. Um, he had probably he probably had the best line of the show last night with "My eyes are always blue" or something oh, like he, that. He was killing it. Like uh, these past couple, like the end of last season and the start of this season, he he was killing it. He's he definitely was, a, he's a perfect match with that dude that's died like six times. I don't know what his name is, but that guy's so uh, Beric Dondarrion with the fire sword. Yes. Um, Tormund. Well, like he's drink for that. By the way, Tormund's interesting because he was. I mean, Set fire sword and drink. <laughs> whenever he came in season three or so, but I mean, he was out there just murdering villagers and shit. Now, I mean, pretty much everyone loves him. Yeah. Um, he's like a Gimli that's three times as big. As <laughs> um, we haven't even touched on like Tyrion at all yet. T- yeah, what do you got Tyrion on your list? Oh, yeah, two. Okay, he's definitely a, he's he's definitely in my top three. He's, he might, yeah, he's why? Is, how about quickly on the bottom with your knights? Why is why did yeah. Jorah make the list? Why did Jorah? I have make nothing the list? against Jorah, but why did Jorah make the list? I think, well, I mean, it's it's probably partially because of my love for Daenerys, yeah. who spoiler alert is my number one. But um, <laughs> it's uh, I just I like he was I thought he was gone the whole grayscale thing, and then it, it was that, that combined scene that we only see a little bit of, but we see enough of where Samuel's taking the grayscale off of him, and he just like he's loyal to a fault. But he is self-aware, kind of like John is with his like with his loyalty, where he yeah. he knows it could get him killed at any point. But he he has made this, he has sworn this oath to Daenerys. When he shows up three times after she's promised to execute him, yeah, he's just like he just like, he just, like just give me one more chance. Like he doesn't like he's kind of like a lost puppy dog in a sense. Like, yeah, he doesn't really know what else to do. But I just I don't know. Like every time he's on screen, I'm just rooting for him. So that was why he crept up on my list. Like yeah. I like like I had Grey Worm there at ten before I probably I probably should have Jack and Hagar at ten because <laughs> I, I I love all the faceless man shit. I know I know it's kind of great on people in the fifth season. See, I think the faceless men might be my most un the least satisfying storyline. Uh, I think there were parts that were confusing, parts that could have been explained more, parts that were just left unresolved, and then Arya just dips, and now she can wear faces. And apparently, I've cut a brief little part in the um, just on Reddit today, but I think in the book they explain the magic a little better of why she oh, yeah. can just look like Argus Filch and sound like him. And yeah, I, I, well, I mean, so. it has hundreds of thousands of pages. Yeah, whatever seventy hours. Um, it's an encyclopedia of the yeah. world. Basically. But as far as they're just being this giant temple that murders people and takes their faces, and everybody just thinks that's normal, like over in Bravos. Like I don't, I don't know. It's it's it was, hard. To it was so sometimes. far out of left field. The power is sweet. It's really useful, but it just seemed so far removed from everything else that happened in the show. I do kind of hope that there's at least some sort of allusion to it. I mean, other than just like Arya wearing all the faces, I I kind of hope that there's like at least one other part that comes into the plot. That's yet to yeah. I, I think so. And correct me if I'm wrong on this because it seems like you've done a bit more research. But it, it seems like the faceless god or gods, god, god, the many faced god. god. It's the, the many faced god. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, god of death. 
And that's normally attributed to ice. Like, maybe there's something there. Like, maybe he has some kind of tie-in with the Night King, mm-hmm. and maybe that gets brought back in and explained a bit better. Yeah, yeah I, there's I there's know. all the religion stuff and, like, people serving the Lord of the Lord. That's actually great. So, who... Azora's Eye is the guy that's supposed to kill the Night King. It could be John, could be Danny, could be Jamie. Um, there's a lot of these people that are supposed could slay the Night King, but also that are supposed to kill their lover. Uh, this is who that's who Melisandre worships. You know, who do you guys think is the Lord of Light? I think it's probably most likely to be John. But I okay, so John is literally ice and fire. He's Targaryen's. both dead and alive. Targaryen Stark, like he's yeah. he's got all these things. But that isn't the literal light. I think yeah. Daenerys is probably more likely. Yeah, I just like the whole like him being brought back from the dead thing. For me, well, yeah, and that's that's kind of why I think he's more of like the the balance of of the two rather than like the literal light. Mm-hmm. For me, I I love the Lannisters in general: Tyrion, Cersei, Jaime, um, their their Tywin. Um, I like, I mean, Braun is not a Lannister, but that's, all his interactions are with the Lannister. I love everything with them. It would bring me no greater joy than Jamie to be the hero. If he got to be the Kingslayer, if he was Kingslayer again, killed the Night King. If he was Queenslayer, killed Cersei. There's, uh, there's a lot of good possibilities. He may just go on trial and get executed next episode, <laughs> which would be a real bummer. But I've loved his arc from... Boning his sister and pushing the kid out the window to just how humbled he became through seasons three and four. He got captured, super egotistical still, like talked shit the whole time. Got his hand cut off, got treated like shit, came back, realized how crazy his sister was. Um, one disappointing thing, he, he kind of raped Cersei in the, in the sept. Mm-hmm. season four or whatever apparently in the book it's not like that at all yeah. a lot of people are pissed for his portrayal there because it, it's very jarring from how his time with Brienne and his time immediately after just raping his sister uh, apparently that was just shot pretty poorly it wasn't supposed to be mm-hmm. portrayed like that Yeah, but I big Jamie guy yeah, Jamie <laughs> could die for all I care he's, he's, <laughs> he's not anywhere close to my list I, I, I think that the him getting his hand cut off is this like life altering moment for him whereas like I don't I don't know what makes him special in that moment I feel like anyone that was a good swordsman that got their hand cut off would be humbled by that experience I don't really think part of them talking about being the the king's guard whatever the hand of the not the hand of the king but the king the head king's guard um they have that that the white book where it has all the um stories of the greatest knights and king's guards and his page blank and Joffrey tears him a new one for having done nothing in his life Mm -hmm. um and he's got he gets shit on for being the um, Kingslayer. He gets shit on for being a Lannister. He gets shit on for he loses his hand. And I think all he wants, I think at this point, all he wants to do is do right by everybody. I think him and Brienne have an interesting relationship. I think he really sees how crazy Cersei is, and to the point that he set out on his own north to just do what he can to help. Uh, I I think it'd be kind of fun. I don't think this is gonna happen. By any means, but I think it'd be kind of funny if, like, he died, became a walker, and then, like, stabbed the Night King in the back. I think that'd be, like, a, a kind of dumb, poetic way to end it. <laughs> like, from 
He starts the series off by killing the king. Sort of, kind yeah. of. He kills the other king. It'd be a very self-aware. He'd have to go Benjen on it, I guess. I think it, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. But, I do like Benjen being just the ultimate dosa ex machina. Just, like, <laughs> we're just gonna leave a Stark north of the wall, and he'll shave, show up and save the Starks whenever we need <laughs> His him. His weapon is kind of baller. Yeah, it sweet, was yeah. that like. Flaming ball and chain oh, thing. That was beautiful. It it's pretty like the, the in uh, Lord of the Rings. Fire just looks so sweet in the north because everything's so white. drab and yeah. dreary and white. I, th- they do, I think that's really good set design on their part. They yeah. do kind of grayscale, blue scale the camera too whenever oh, they're sure, up yeah, there. Um, but yeah, Jamie. Jamie's one of my favorites. Tyrion. I, I think Tyrion has the highest percentage of great dialogue. Yeah, he gets the, he gets the the punchline. His yeah. well, yeah, he's he's very funny punchlines, but like stuff like his tr- when he goes on trial, both times are good. Oh um, my god, that's my favorite episode. Is it the trial Four, six? Is, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, that's great. Um I think, you know, his some of his discussions with Varys, Daenerys, John, Sansa, I think he's I he just has he He's touched, interacted with a lot of characters. I think he's had a lot of quality moments with all of them. Yeah. Um, I sympathize with him more than anyone else, I think. Yeah. He's the closest I've ever come to having like an emotional reaction to something happening on the show. Well, I, So, I, like, if he dies, that would be your most upsetting one? Well, I mean, depending on well, how he dies. Yeah. He's got a number one, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I also wanted to give a quick shout-out before, because I feel like we're going to get on to characters we love to hate or we just hate in general in a second. But um, characters that I love that didn't make it through a full season, obviously Ned Stark, Prince Oberon. Oberon. Just wanted to drink to this. Uh, yeah, I'm down for that. You're here. For the Fallen. The Viper, one of the grosser deaths in the show, getting his head Probably exploded. the grossest. I can't think of a nastier death than that. I'll have to think about it. Maybe, maybe, I, I think um, all the Ironborn people, they, they kind of disemboweled a lot of people at Winterfell, if I can remember correctly. Or maybe there's, a, there's a couple just random scenes and random battles. The Hound splits a dude like corner to corner. That is true. At the Battle of the Blackwater. Yeah. We haven't even talked about Someone that. else gets the just the top of their head sliced off in that <laughs> same episode. Yeah. Uh, the Hound is good, but you, you know what you're going to get at the Oh, sure. I, I, I think will. he plays off better with other characters than just kind of on his own. Yes, but I do like even him. Uh, they start hinting at it in season one that he's not um, as bad as he his seems reputation. to be. He's, yeah, he has a bad, horrible reputation. He does. He kills a kid and he does. he's out you know, doing whatever he's told to do. But he does care about Arya and Sansa. Like He's not truly evil. So I kind of like, and then even his reunion with Arya this past episode was nice. So. It was kind of a cold reunion, though. Well, but like that's the most respect you're going to get out of him is like yeah. you're a cold little bitch or whatever yeah. he says. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, obviously really she left him to die too. It's not like they're going to come up and hug each other. <laughs> Last time I saw you, you left me to die. I took your silver first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's stone cold in this. Like she's been stone cold the last couple of seasons, but yeah, it's that's that is kind of cool though that the Hound at least has that sort of honor in him. That if you if, if he thinks that if they fought that actually he could die, he's like that's how you earn my respect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so well, her or his interaction with Brienne was yeah. kind of funny too when they were talking about Arya. 
Well, it's, it's kind of like two like former lovers almost. Yeah. Like <laughs> they're just like, oh, you, hey, what's up? Well, that's also great when he meets up with Ian McShane's character when he's reintroduced in season six or seven. But he's like, that must have been one hell of a man that took you down. And he's like, it was a woman. And he just starts <laughs> laughing. Like, he can't believe it. Um, but then, like, Arya beating Brienne in the sword fight in 7-2. Or the, yeah. the, they're training together. But she just yeah. wrecks her. So that, like, that whole scene is just baller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Littlefinger has a what the fuck look on his face the whole time. And I think it's pretty fitting that he gets, he gets killed by the needle. Yeah. Or supposedly. Well, it was the da- it was his own dagger. Yeah, that's what you get. Some that's true. That's true. Um, characters I hate really aren't many. I'm trying to think of characters who I th- waste a time. I think part of the reason I Roz. don't who's Roz. Roz. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She moved the plot along as being a spy for Littlefinger yeah. and Varys. Even Theon, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Reek. Theon. Not my favorite character. I think I think his actor is very good because he's had to portray Theon Reek and then this hybrid Theon Reek, yeah. which he's I think he's done. Alfred Allen to play. is his name. Yeah, and it's funny because the only other role I know him in is the Russian gangster in John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he it does. is a tough part to play. I agree with that. Um, yeah. I think he does a good job with that. Um, I'm trying to think. I, Daenerys. The problem I, I have with Daenerys. I have two problems with her. Story-wise, I feel like she wastes so much time separated from the story when she's traveling around Slaver's Bay. To an, it seems like a similar plot each time. Shows up in the city. They have slaves. She doesn't like slaves. I I, I totally agree with that part. And then yeah. Daenerys is my one, but I, I know. Yeah, there's a lot of there's like three scenes that are basically the same scene. Well, and they bookend that with her winning the Dothraki's. Uh, respect. So she does it in season one, and then she shows back up there in season five or whatever, and wins them a second time. Like, we we did this already. Yeah. Um, and to me, I think part of her. I think it's me being a little, I don't know, hipster or something. But I think she's a lot of people's number ones. And to me, I just don't think she's the best queen candidate on the show. I think she's kind of. I think she's got a little psycho to her, and so then it just makes me backlash to say like, I, I think you need to but, have a little psycho. Yeah, I, I feel like if you have too warm a ruler on the throne, it just kind of becomes a weird ending to a pretty dark show. I think Sansa would be better than Daenerys. I think Sansa still has the dark to her. I, I agree. Be... I, I think Sansa's, not to throw this word out there again, a dark horse for the throne. I think she has probably the most experience in politics of any of the contenders left. And I think she's one of maybe like three characters that you could potentially see making it out alive no matter who wins the fight there's really no reason for her to get involved with someone trying to stab her right <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah no i yeah i don't know da- daenerys will be interesting I, I really don't know i feel like they started dropping her possibly being bad last episode so we'll see we'll see what she how she handles fucking her nephew so. i think I, I think if you made like a twitter poll and like put it out on the most popular twitter account and like who is your favorite character i think the five everyone would vote for is Tyrion, jamie Arya, daenerys and Jon snow i don't I, know that jamie would do it See, I, I, th- I think you i mean people, i think john daenerys are one two people always bring up i mean people that i talk to at work or at home people always bring up huh. jamie lannister yeah. everybody loves jamie lannister I think that Tyrion and Arya are probably the two like 
people's favorite characters to watch, but I think if you were to ask, okay, who do you think is realistically going to win this thing? I think that's when well, that, I mean, John Daenerys yeah. probably wanted to Sure, but again, that's not but like, Just but likable. Right. Yeah. John Daenerys, Arya Tyrion, four for sure. I would yeah. almost say Tormund might be the fifth. Tormund yeah. gets a lot of love. I, I literally forget he's on the show every time <laughs> until I see him pop up. I, I'm trying to draw like a comparison to him. He, he almost seems like comic relief just in a in a way that fit, is very befitting of the show. Yeah. That was something that shows up and disappears pretty quickly. I, my comparison to Gimli is pretty good. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something I noticed on the rewatch is there's a lot of levity to the show. Um, most episodes have at least one breather of a conversation or a joke or something like that, which I didn't always... I yeah. think we've kind of created levity around the show. We have. I think... But it's around, like <laughs> but it's around yeah. like a eunuch joke or around. Uh, Tyrion's a big part of the show. He's just Tyrion there to throw jokes around yeah. a lot of the well, time. Well, but he and... only throws jokes around in certain parts. Like when he doesn't, he's, when he's in Dragon's Stone, he doesn't really throw any jokes. around. But like Davos, a lot of comic relief. Tormund, comic relief. The Onion Knight. Apologies for what you're about to see. <laughs> he pulls out a sword with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, Davos, Tyrion, uh, Tormund, Bronn. We haven't really touched on Bronn a ton. I love. Yeah, Bronn. he's Bronn. yeah, he's my eight. He's, Bronn. Um, he's, he's interesting. Cersei asks him, quests him with curing, killing Jaime and Tyrion. Now they send Quyburn to tell him to do it because Bronn and Cersei's contracts both stipulate they can't be in a scene together. Pops up a ton. He takes Pod to get a drink when they're go at the pits in the previous episode. I guess they dated in the '90s and hate each other. <laughs> um, I forgot. I totally forgot about that. But uh, he's tasked with killing them. Years ago, Tyrion said, "Remember, if the day ever comes where you're asked to betray me, just remember I'll pay double." So <laughs> he already and he told him that in that yeah. episode, season seven, episode seven, when they yeah. walk into the yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He probably can now. I don't think so. Braun has any reason. I think he likes both of them, regardless of how he says, I don't care. He likes them both. Plus, if he kills them, at best, now he's just got everybody in the north after him. He's just looking out for himself. He's prepaid. Maybe he just fucks off to Essos or something anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, I was about to say, what's, what do you think is more likely? So I, I guess there's probably three courses of or I guess technically four I guess he could probably try and stow away in King's Landing somewhere he could go south or that the White Walkers aren't going to come for him or he could go to Winterfell and either he kills them or he doesn't kill them I'm guessing he shows up and he's like hey your sister sent me to kill you and they're like well that's crazy you want to help like I think that's the extent of that (laughs) (laughs) um but no, I like Bronze. Got a lot of funny moments too. Big yeah, Dick, great. Big Dick Pod, good character. Um, the definition of a character just having one thing we know about him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he also has some like good moments. Like he saves Tyrion at Blackwater. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's grown. I, I don't think he started out as a very strong character, but I think he's gotten better. Yeah, Blackwater's a good episode. Yeah. A, 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 good ep- a good episode of. In my opinion, one of the worst seasons. 
So well, so Dom's re watching for the first time right now. So he just kind of had given up, but he was he was reading through the episode descriptions. We were explaining what happened in each episode uh, this weekend, and then we watched Blackwater. Blackwater, they keep us uh, attacking through the Mudgate. We just made Mudgate the running joke for the weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, you always want to attack through the Mudgate. <laughs> I've I'm interested because I'm. Having only watched all the episodes once. Well, technically, I I watched the first season and the first two or three episodes of the second season before, so those I've watched twice, but most of them I watched once. So I'm going back and listening to episode recaps on podcasts or all of them, and hopefully that'll help bring to light which ones I like and which ones I don't. But sure, yeah. but listening to that, it brought I got a lot more respect for the first season because I kind of looked back at it as this kind of expository thing where it's like. It had the unfortunate job of setting up like a thousand different plot lines, yeah. but it actually did like have some really good dramatic moments. And it's like the the stuff that is really good in the first season is not why the later seasons are good because yeah. they're kind of leaning on action more because they don't have as much dialogue from the book to go off of. Yeah. So. Um, going back just over the whole series, what are your guys' favorite seasons, least favorite seasons, and then favorite episode, least favorite episode, or plot line, maybe? I think the common one is Everybody Hates the Sand Snakes, uh, the Dornish mm. Children, the Bad, oh, okay. the bad Pussy, that, those girls. Um, they're sweet. I mean, they're hot. I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you want me to say? So that, the one... It's just kind of like a weird side story, and then... It didn't really make any sense. It didn't, but like, well, it was entertaining. And this is another yeah. book thing I don't know about, but that guy that was leading Dorn in the, in the wheelchair, mm-hmm. uh, I, I liked his, he seemed very smart and still very threatening when he said, if you ever speak to me that way again, you will be killed. And uh, he had the, the behemoth of a man um, that could just stab in the back and wasted. Yeah. Um, and apparently in the book they have a bigger role to play that I think Alaria is her name. Uh, that's o- one of Oberyn's wife. Names. Just starts putting an end to all of them. Um, I mean, I, I think it's fitting of the yeah, show. Alaria. I, I think it is fitting of the show. There's a lot of distrust and it kind of bubbles over when, you know, her lover dies doing some nonsense fight to save some random dude's life. Like it I, I think her wrath just kinda came to be at that point and she she's one of the threw a bunch of things into chaos. I, I don't know. It wasn't a terrible plot point. I think that there should have been a bit more to it, but you can only give so much attention to a side plot to yeah. begin with. So I, I think they did right Based on what they could have done, I guess. I don't know. It is one of the more pointless storylines when you look back on it. But somehow, Cersei's children all had to die. So I would say my favorite season is probably season four. Yes. Um, I think you have... I believe that's the Hound and Arya season. Yeah. Um, You have... The battle, the wildlings attacking the wall. I think you have some good stuff with John and the wildlings. Um, yeah, Tyrion getting accused. Of, you have Tyrion on mm. trial because you have Joffrey's death. Mm-hmm. Um, you get uh, the the viper and the. You get over and the viper. You get the the mountain and the viper. But you get that episode. But you get the, the viper in general is a good character. Um, just gets killed. It's a great season. There's there's a lot that happens. 
I it has some of the best character interactions on the show. I think seasons three and four. I love Brian and Jamie together. I love Arya and the Hound together. Tyrion with just about anyone, but him going on trial and sh- the stuff with Shay. I think uh, some people hate Shay, but like just her. Oh, maybe it was Dom that was talking about hating Shay, but her repercussions on the show were very yeah. important. I think um, the the care the 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 written character might be a little bit better than the performance. But yeah, she was a porn star. She's uh, nice. she's one of the naked ladies they found that was actually just a porn star. Uh, well, I've also heard that she's that's this is not the first thing she's been in. She's been in like foreign uh, movies before. Okay. Like that, there's there's one where on my podcast I listen to some one of the girls always talks about seeing her in a German film and said that she's a lot better of an actor in her native tongue. So. That's possible. And that that does play a lot into it. It is harder to play a character in a, a non-native language like. It's hard enough just to get the language itself right when you're working with tone and you've got to work on your body language mm-hmm. and you're barely, you know, putting together the words that you're trying to 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 get yeah. from the script. Yeah, it can be really tough. So yeah. I, I don't sure. I don't blame the actress, but I agree that was one of the weaker acted parts for sure. Yeah, so yeah, I don't have a least favorite episode off the top of my head. The Red Wedding is tough to rewatch. I just, I liked Rob. Cat dying is whatever. Watching Rob's wife's baby yeah, get stabbed yeah. over and over is brutally tough. I'd argue uh, that's definitely one of the more memorable and, and interesting episodes, though. Oh, no, it is. Yeah. I, so I, don't, I, don't, I can't think of a least favorite, but as far as probably one I don't need to go rewatch is. I, yeah. <laughs> the Red Wedding is just a tough episode to watch. Yeah. Like, uh, Which is why I can't believe it's, it's on the top ten of episodes of like every ranked thing. Ranks of Castamere is on like it's either top ten or like top. 20. It's one of the more. I mean, it's probably one of the most shocking episodes of television ever. Yeah, like you never, no one saw. I think Baylor is a little bit more shocking. But, oh yeah, yeah. And the, that's ten, episode ten of season six. Uh, the that first, it's a long. It's ten or fifteen minutes. Of everybody preparing for the trial for Cersei and the just the kind of haunting piano notes and everybody kind of realizing that something's not right to Cersei just blowing up. He's, uh, it's another shit ton of main character deaths. Yeah. It's, oh, wow. They did that. Okay. Tyrells, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but also we get the great payoff of Arya. Being the faceless man of Walter Frey later. Yeah. Which true. is fucking sweet. That is pretty sweet. I think my f- one of my favorite episodes, just off the top of my head, I don't have a list. I've rewatched Hard Home the most. Yeah, that's on mm. my list. Um, yeah, it's, I love, it's they have a good part in Slavers. It starts off in Slavers Bay uh, with Tyrion and Danny working over the slave masters or whatever. It, and it goes up to north of the wall um, with, it's, this is episode eight. And it goes nine. up north. No, this is eight. Oh, is it real? Yeah, because um, nine is Stannis attacking the Boltons. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So they go north of the Wall. John's trying to recruit the Wildlings to bring him south, and pretty quickly the White Walkers show up. And it's a great oh shit battle scene. It kind of goes from nothing to something really quick. It's, I mean, they get overrun. Um, but part of what I loved was season one, episode nine, Ned Ned dies. Season two, episode nine, Battle of Blackwater. Season three, episode nine, uh, Red Wedding. Season 
for episode nine is they attacked the wild insect wall and those had been the crazy ass talked about episodes of every season all of a sudden at eight the white walkers true or, or i'm sorry season five episode eight the, the white walkers true uh what a threat they are shows up mm-hmm. out of nowhere yeah. and you get a battle out of it and i think it's a great up ep- and john kills a walker um, I just love that episode. So yeah, I've kind of talked to you guys about having battle fatigue. I feel like sure. they're kind of filling up time and having a bunch of like a big battle at the end of every every episode now. But the only reason I feel that way is because I thought Hard Home did it best, and I oh, thought yeah. I, I thought that it, you know it, you know that's I think that's a great episode and a great battle scene. And I don't really think any other Game of Thrones battle scene has lived up to it. So yeah, Battle of the like, Bastards gets a ton of praise. I thought it was your... like, but again, it's like. Hard home, there's no, there's no saving them, other than them getting on the boat. They get overrun. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. whereas the Battle of the Bastards, it's like they've lost, they fought honorably, and then the Knights of the Vale just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I, so that 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 just that sucks all the dramatic tension out of it for me. Whereas Hard Home, it's like they lost, but like how much did they really lose? And then they realize how much they lost. So the Night King brings all the dead people back to yeah. the White Walkers. Yeah. Repercussions wise, yeah. Hard Home. Battle of the Bastards had a lot of great battle shots to it. Like, John standing in front of the horses, and then the other, his, all the wilding horses hit, and then there's a long take of him battling through all the craziness that is that, them getting phalanxed against the bottle, bo- uh, wall of bodies, stuff like yeah. that. I mean, there's some really cool shots in it, but. Yeah, um, I, I just kind of felt like medieval Braveheart to me. Uh, whereas, yeah. whereas I think Hardhome is just so unique to the show. You're not going to find anything else like that. Yeah. Sure. Agreed. Yeah. What do you guys think for se- seasons and episodes you liked and didn't like? I'll be honest. I don't have any like <laughs> major <laughs> picks for this. Oh, I, I didn't like season five, just to quickly say that. I hate Arya's uh, faceless men plot line. Love it. Um, See, I, th- I think it's a decent setup. I also wasn't a big fan because I, I think... I think when it comes down to it, it kept Arya in one place, and it kept her from actually interacting as herself with characters, which I think is when she's at her best. I think with the Hound, she's really entertaining. I think even in Winterfell, when she's just interacting with Sansa, and there's you're not really sure about what's going on, I think that's really entertaining. Her and Tywin, too, are good, too. Yeah. Um, I, just, I didn't like that. I didn't like the High Sparrow stuff. I, I mean, it's funny watching it come back to bite Cersei in the ass. But I think he, as a character, just has no real clear motivation. Because he's not trying to seize power. Like, he is kind of just trying to assert his religion on everybody. But it's not for any particular end or gain or anything. So well, I think that's boring. I think there could have been a twisted motive at some point. But Cersei kind of nixed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there is a motive. And I think that... I was also just going to say, I think Tommen's in, char- Tommen's in charge right there. And I think yeah. he's just kind of boring. He's... there. Cersei's kind of a hot... She's too... He has one of the best deaths ever just in the show. Do, 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 pew. Love it. Silence. But, but also, just like, the whole High Sparrow thing, I, th- I think just the point is that everyone... You know, we've seen all these shit sippers crawl to the Iron Throne and people just kiss at their feet, whereas the High Sparrow is like the alternative. Like, it's not a good alternative to that, but it's like an alternative that they present in that season to yeah. where you can... If you don't want to... If you don't want to follow these people that are, you know, going back and forth over this throne thing, you can just follow this religion. Yeah, and I, I think it 
in its run, I think the uh, the High Sparrow had a, a pretty good... A, he did a pretty good job of showing the length Cersei was willing to go to try and <laughs> keep power. Yeah. I think she was willing to make deals with people she didn't fully understand or... Uh, really, she didn't search on at all, and it just kind of bit her in the ass. And I think that kind of went to show just how much she really wanted that power. Yeah, yeah. I think if we're talking about favorite seasons, I mean, this is just kind of off the top of my head because again, I want to like kind of either read or recap or listen to one before I say it definitively. But like off the top of my head, I'd probably go like four. Yeah, I think maybe one. One has really grown a lot in my esteem, thinking about it. Hmm. Uh, then, I, seven's good. It's seven and five are probably right there for me. I love five. Uh, three is good, but I can't... I, I liked three when I watched it, but I can't really remember what happens in three. I'd have to, like, rethink about that. But then, yeah. And then, like, six I thought was okay, and I thought two wasn't that good. And then, yeah. and I mean, episodes... I've already talked about all the episodes that I know that I like, like... I think Baylor is one of the best ones. Yeah. I think Hard Home is one of the best ones. And my favorite still to this day is, I think it's For Gods and Men or Of Gods and Men. I can't remember. The Trial. Four, yeah, The Trial, episode four. Oh, yeah. Or season four, episode six is my favorite still. That is a very good episode. Mitch, episodes, moments, art, character arcs, anything? Uh, I, you know, I wasn't really prepared for this. I just kind of came on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really have. Shazam. <laughs> I haven't watched a lot of these episodes recently. There are a lot of moments that stick out. Um, Red Wedding was a, a a very shocking moment that I enjoyed. Um, we, we've really gone through most of them. I I enjoy the battles a lot more than AJ seems to. I I really like the Battle of the Bastards. I think even though. It is very battle heavy. I think there are moments, and even the Days Ex Machina part of it comes in a little later and, and causes some conflict for characters. So I think it really it did. served a purpose. Yeah, the day, yeah, Instead and they they set it up before. Savior, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot I like. Again, I wasn't prepared, so I don't know the episode names, and I haven't really thought it through. But uh, th- those are some of the things that are sticking out. Just going through it in my head while we were talking about this. One thing that Battle of the Bastards I think got wrong, which I I try to overlook it every time I watch it, but in Hard Home, uh, the giant's name is 1-1. One One. Um, it has a giant-ass tree stump. He's waving around at all the whites as they're rushing him. And it would have solved the Battle of the Bastards if he would have just had a tree stump again, but instead he <laughs> fights with nothing. But they get surrounded by a bunch of guys with spears, and all he has—if he had a tree stump, he could have just waved it and got him out of that problem. So I don't know why they sent him in battle without a weapon, but I think so. They set up Sansa. (laughs) (laughs) So there is that. But uh, yeah, no, that's uh, we'll 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 circle back around to as once the season ends. We've got five weeks left to see who takes the throne. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot. Pretty good chat at this point. It's it's such a cultural. Uh, staple too, which is pretty amazing to see. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of fun. But uh, well, my phone's almost dying. We've been talking for a while. You guys got any last thoughts about anything you want to chime in on? Um, I don't know what the scores of the NBA playoff games are. And yeah, I'm very sad. Oh, yeah. I did. I was asked if I was going to mention hockey tonight. 
Uh, the Blue Jackets are three zero on the team that's tied for the most wins ever in hockey. <laughs> so, um, not calling anyone out for being fans of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I heard there was talks of the Lightning sweeping after they were up three zero in the first game. Uh, yeah, no, I heard I heard a lot of shit, and uh, you know, I'm just gonna bide my time until to see what the Blue Jackets actually do here. But kind of pretty amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan has a death wish. That's I, what he's trying to say here. Yeah. I, I pay no attention to hockey, so that's fine. I've, happens, I've watched more hockey this year than I have the rest of my life combined. Um, trying to think. I didn't get no Cleveland references this week. Tribe. Yeah, it's hard to throw them in there. Yeah. I, no, I don't think any of the actors are from Cleveland or anything. We're, so Well, uh, we're not up to our old tricks. We didn't say we were going to cut something out in post and then didn't cut it out. <laughs> yeah. No. We're, you know, we're evolving. So. Yeah. Missing uh, Link. Uh, the missing link was friendship, and also the missing link <laughs> was the fact that anyone but Zach Galifianakis should have been the missing link character. Um, yeah, we'll come. I'm, I'm seeing that later this week. We'll come back with another pod soon. We'll have to update Zach's attempting to cut down a tree in Sam's yard, so that'll be interesting. Well, also we'll, Just we got end game coming up too. Yeah, we'll have to do a podcast after that. But if anyone needs a tree cut down. Zach has the uh, chainsaw rented for a little longer, so uh, go ahead and give him a call. Yeah, I don't think he wants me to give you guys his phone number, but just, just, just anyway. give him a nice tall pack of corn syrup brew beer and a little bit of pizza, and he'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Well, but wait. Oh, he's not doing liquor. He is doing. He's beer. not okay. doing liquor. He will do beer, corn syrup, or non-corn syrup. Yeah. Brew. But you should probably give him corn syrup beer. <laughs> All right, and with that, we're out. Gentlemen, say goodbye. Adios, friends. Goodbye. You're so good at this, Mitch. So great. Peace. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.